0: Welcome to this edition of Cisco Champion Radio, the podcast series by technologists for technologists. In this episode, Cisco Champion Patrick Nefkins discusses 802.11ax with Bill Rubino and Christian Raducanu.
1: And, and do you think that people are uh, people are getting close to reaching the capacity on their 11ac networks, or or is this just the standard that 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 there's some interest because it's an emerging standard. Uh,
0: because it's an emerging standard? I yeah. mean, yeah. a lot of improvements can still be made by a better design, upgrading the access points. Yeah. Because yeah. You, saw, you see a lot of uh, rip and replace, and that, well, it's not a good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay.
2: okay. So I'll add one thing, and um, maybe Patrick can chime in here. A lot of times I get the question about 8011X, as in, you know, what's the high speed, what's the max data rate, and things of, of that nature. and. Yes, uh, this maximum speed, it is increasing. uh, But 11x is more than just about speeds and feeds. At the end of the day, reliability and how good the network is for, for example, IoT devices which don't necessarily need high speed, that's a critical point that kind of gets lost in translation. Uh, Do you get any questions about that or, it's just about speeds and feeds, I want the highest maximum throughput that I can get. Um,
0: Speed discussion was more when we went to AC. Okay. And it's more like, uh, like you said, reliability, efficiency. How can we get more users to use the same network? Okay.
1: Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, and you know, that, that's an interesting point about reliability too, because if you just look at the history of Wi-Fi, you, know, you go back to the .11b and the G and the and the A areas. You know, Wi-Fi was kind of a toy and no one really relied upon it, but as we got closer, and we got into 11 AC, the Wave 1 and the Wave 2, the reliability and the dependence on Wi-Fi is really important, so I think it's, it's important uh, and it's significant that 11 ax is focusing on reliability as well because the the growth of Wi-Fi, is, it's, it's obviously continuing in terms of clients, IOT devices, and bandwidth demanding applications, and that is not going to stop, and more and more people and devices will rely upon that. So it's good to see that the IEEE is focusing on that for this standard.
2: Yeah, so speaking of IEEE, just w- w- one thing to uh, kind of point out, and uh, this has been, pretty much the same sequence of events as we have seen with 11AC Wave 1 and Wave 2, as in, yes, 11AX is an emerging standard, uh, but the standard itself is not planned to be ratified up until at the very end of 2019. IEEE projects a date now for December 2019. That has changed quite a few times, and it may very well change again, as in moving to the right. So uh, up until then, the standard is still being discussed. Uh, and we have a pretty good idea what will be the main, let's say, mandatory features, and what are the, some of the, let's say, more important optional features. Uh, but some changes are to be expected. So as of right now, the standard is, I believe, in draft 2.3 or something. Uh, draft 3 is supposed to come out pretty much any uh, any day now. But for the next year and a half, the draft will be uh, discussed over and over again. Uh, until at the very least December 2019, yeah. so it's still early stages, so to speak. Yeah, but uh, the draft is moving along.
1: Yeah, yeah. What do you see in terms of um, <clears throat> once 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 this this gets ratified? What do you see in terms of um, uh, the uh, clients coming onto the market? Yep. So similar
2: to 11AC, actually, a lot of the new features 11X they do require the client to participate. So while you get some benefits for let's say older devices, 11AC Wave 1, Wave 2, 11N, or even, you know, 11G, a lot of the new things such as OFDMA or um, higher MCS rates um, or MU-MIMO for both uplink and downlink, they do require the client to participate. So the client needs to be an 11X client to get the full benefit. And from what we're seeing right now, we're seeing 2019, the calendar year 2019, for the first clients to start showing up in the market space, uh, both on the mobile side, these like in smartphones, uh, tablets, but also on the laptop side. So we expect probably the first, uh, some of the flagship phones to start uh, being announced and shipping in the first half of 2019, moving to a second half, similar with laptops. So 2019 will be the first year. In terms of when the clients will be the majority of clients, uh, that will depend on, what kind of environment you have. Uh, For example, if you talk to a university where they have every fall basically a new batch of students coming with the newest device, uh, we expect that environment to move relatively fast. Fall of 19, they will start to see an influx of 11x clients. Fall of 2020, that uh, changes even more. If you look at a typical office space or let's say a manufacturing floor, Those are tied to some other events. Office space, what's the typical, let's say, refresh rate for uh, enterprise devices, whether they're laptops, which is typically three, maybe five years, phones, maybe typically two years. So depending on where they are in the refresh cycle, that may take a little bit longer. So if I have to project, I would say the first devices will start popping up in the market space in 2019, but in terms of volume and becoming majority in uh, pockets of, uh, of networks or even entire network, I see that happening in 2020 and onward.
1: Yeah. And it will be vertical spe- specific Correct. as well. Yeah. Different verticals will, will adopt sooner than others. Yeah. 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 Not not all
2: verticals are built the same,
1: so we will see some yeah. differences yeah. there yeah. as yeah. well. So, so 11ac is here to stay right now. It's a, this. It's it's not really a, a threat. Nobody should be ripping out their networks and getting ready. No, for this. no, no. Yeah. So
2: I, my perspective is. Pretty simple here, uh, and we do get those questions, um, and Patrick, i love to hear your thoughts on this, as in, from customers, hey, I have these uh, wireless network <coughs> deployed from so many years ago, um, what should I do? Should I wait for the next big thing to happen, or should I start refreshing right now? And my answer is pretty clear. Depending on what you have, uh, you may get a lot of benefits today with the products that are available today in the market space. Yeah. Um, If you have, let's say, an 11N access point, and there are a lot of people still with 11N access points, or 11AC Wave 1, you will get significant improvements by moving to 11AC Wave 2. And the second point is what you just mentioned, Bill. Your clients, they're not going to move tomorrow or the day after the first 11X client will ship to 11X. So there will be a transition. And depending on the vertical, that transition may be shorter or it may take a couple of years or even yep. longer.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Patrick, what do you think about that in terms of ad- uh, I, I clients ad- adapt- so, adopting new standards?
0: Uh, I think if you get like three major parties who will change uh, to AX and the rest of the market will follow anyway, so that will also make the flow fi- go faster. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, what do you guys think? Let's talk about uh, some of the use cases that we see with uh, with AX. Uh, what, what do you see? It, you know, now that they we're going to have reliability and obviously, you know, more bandwidth. What, what do you see in terms of uh, how people will use this? Sure. So
2: um, I, I mentioned a couple earlier, but let's be more specific nowadays. So. First up, it's still speeds and fees. And on one hand, we talk about maximum speed to one device. If I have one device connected to one access point, what can I do with that device? And uh, there is an increase in modulation going from 256 to uh, 1,024. And there is an argument to be made that, okay, how, how is that going to work in a real-life deployment, as in the access point is to be really close to the client? That's true, but also there are improvements in terms of maximum data rates at a distance for that specific client. So even if you have one client, nowadays people are demanding basically to stream video in HD or Ultra HD, moving from, it used to be 720p to 1080p, now it's 4K, and there is conversation about 8K. And if you think about, um, let's say, a typical customer deploying infrastructure to be used for the next three to five years, you need to think about what's not exactly what it's used today, but what is planned to be used four or five years from now. Mm -hmm. And I plan to buy a new TV, which is 4K, and probably you will see collaboration um, applications using 4K, 8K streams. And that's not just for one device. People are expecting to have multiple devices connected to the access point concurrently. So we talk about 4K, 8K streams, and maybe real-time streams. Mm to 10, 20, 30, 50 devices connected concurrently to the same access point. So that's one case. Still uh, kind of related to um, speeds and fees is all this talk about AR, VR, augmented reality, virtual reality. And those specific use cases are still nascent, uh, but I do expect, especially on the AR front, some of those to become more real, even in enterprise world in the next couple of years. you know, some convincing use cases where you can see people using AR to improve um, efficiencies in in the workspace. Separately from that, what I mentioned earlier in terms of multiple types of devices to be connected to the network. And when I I say that, I mean IoT, Internet of Things. And IoT has been a buzzword for a number of years now. Uh, But in my opinion, I think it got to the point where it's becoming real uh, and, it may create problems if the network is not equipped for those devices um, in the near term. So we get a lot more newer devices coming on, coming online, and it's not just one. Is you have one new type, and you have 20, 30 of that type um, on, a, on a floor or in an area in a, in a network. And there are thousands of new device types from lights, to sensors, to thermostats, to um, uh, automated vehicles on the manufacturing floor. There are a lot of devices. Typically, most of them, they don't necessarily require high throughput, but they do require the network to be reliable. If I need to send data for, I don't know, humidity and temperature in um, uh, like a specific fridge or area in a hospital, that data needs to reach somewhere, if there is something wrong, that some action needs to be taken immediately. Yeah. So the network needs to be up and running, so all the time, to serve those clients, hundreds of them, every time. So the way I, I look at uh, 11x there are probably two major, let's say, pillars there, with a third one kind of emerging. So the first one is about high throughput, high density, and think about high density, high definition collaboration. Uh, that may be 4K, 8K, AR, VR. The second one is IoT, hundreds and hundreds of devices, and the third one emerging is related to security, which is happening in parallel with 11ax. When you think about WPA3 and all, uh, let's say the recent news about, um, let's say attack vectors or vulnerabilities. Also, all, all those things are kind of embedded into newer products and going in parallel with 11ax.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Do you
0: have any comments on that, Patrick, in uh, terms well, of I agree uh, on that AX will especially useful with <laughs> IoT, but not just for companies and cities, but also for people at home. Uh, for example, Alexa, and they've got the connector, and the kids got one in the room, their watch is communicating. They all need their own transmitting opportunities, so... Yeah. <coughs> in- AX is going to be... Really good in that. Yeah,
1: case. yeah, and, you know, I, I think that's the reliability point. Just to bring that up again, in terms of IoT, IoT devices do not complain when the network goes down, but Correct. you need that connectivity, you need that reliability to, to keep everything connected. And then, as a byproduct of that, the user experience obviously is going to get better because there's more reliability built in as well. So, uh, so, you, so really, you get you get connectivity for IoT and a better user experience for for those data devices as well. And you're right with, uh, you mentioned Alexa, I was
2: actually thinking about that the other day. I was looking at my home network. I think I have now like almost 40 wireless devices connected. Yep. And there are like four <laughs> people in my family and yeah. two of them are under <laughs> yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not exactly we <laughs> have like lots of iPads, but there are a lot of newer devices. And that's a typical home. When you go to enterprise, you get way more
1: types of devices that are coming yep. online. Yeah, yeah, exactly my home needs a 4800 so. <laughs> probably two of them <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit in terms of uh, some of the, the the technical details of sure. this standard um, let, let's start off with um, you know in terms of the bands and the channels that that 802 to 11ax is going to operate on
2: so uh, that's a good question one thing to kind of call out up front unlike 11ac both waves 11ax is available on both Wireless bands, Wi-Fi bands, 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz, and there is an argument to be made that 11ax is actually gonna um, let's see instill a new life into 2.4. 2.4 has been viewed in the last few years as in the bad band, the noisy band. Uh, leave that for legacy devices. Leave that for devices that are not necessarily critical. With 11ax introducing uh, some of these newer features on that. Band, we expect that to be significantly improved. So, on one hand, we have an 11X improving both bands, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. So AC is
0: only
2: on 5, AC, oh, correct. Oh, sorry, yeah.
0: I thought you said AC. <coughs> <coughs>
2: nice. yep. yeah. 11X is on both 2.4 yeah. and 5. Correct. AC yeah. is only on 5. Um, in terms of channels, we need to comply with the different um, rules that are uh, from FCC and Etsy in, in Europe, FCC in the United States, and other regulatory agencies around the world. And those are not necessarily related to a Wi-Fi standard. That said, uh, we at Cisco and also some other industry players, we are working with these regulatory agencies around the world to, um, say, improve or free up new spectrum Especially on five gigahertz, maybe even moving higher into six gigahertz later on. Mm-hmm. But immediately, 11x we're gonna o- is gonna operate on both 2.4 channels that are there since 11n days, and on five GHz the same channels that are available for 11ac today. But we do expect those to be open up in different parts of the world yeah. as the rules will change. Yeah. Uh, in terms of bandwidth um, or the channel width, the way it works today with 11N, 11AC, on 11N we have 20 megahertz, three of them non-overlapping channels. On five gigahertz, the number can vary quite a bit depending on which country you're in. Uh, And you can actually um, use wider channels on five gigahertz, going from 20 to 40 to 80 to 160. 11X is going to preserve that, and on one hand, While 160 megahertz wide channels are technically feasible, from a practicality standpoint, in uh, Europe, for instance, I remember there is one non-overlapping channel, so that may be okay for a home deployment, but when you talk about enterprise, where you need non-overlapping channels to, um, let's say, have a good experience, that's not necessarily practical. So we expect to see the majority of deployments to follow the 40 or 80 megahertz wide channels.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the advantages of AX is a 20 megahertz channel can be subdivided in smaller sub channels. So multiple users can use the 20 megahertz channel at the same time.
1: Right, so you're talking about OFDMA. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. a bit
0: ahead of the schedule, but. (laughs) It's no, and actually that
1: was going to be my next question, yeah. is like, let's, let's talk about OFDMA, because oh. I read a little bit about it in, in our white paper that we just published, so if you guys want to add some color to that, that'd be great.
2: Sure, so this is what Patrick was kind of alluding to, and it's probably one of the uh, major features in 11ax, and OFDMA, what it does is basically what Patrick was uh, suggesting, it takes one channel, can be 20, can be 40, can be 80, and divides that channel into smaller chunks, smaller uh, subcarriers that are called resource units, and those can be allocated to individual clients, both of the uplink and the downlink. So one thing to notice here, OFDMA is projected to be a mandatory feature for both downlink and uplink with 11ax. And why does it matter? It makes the network more reliable. So when a client can use multiple, um, let's say smaller resource units within a channel, it can communicate better to the access point, both only the on the downlink.
0: You get multiple contention domains. So. It yeah. actually
2: yeah. works very well to minimize contention, and that's critical, especially for IoT, again, which they don't need to send large data packets or large amounts of data, but they do need that reliable connection, and they do need that contention to be minimized. And in those places, even if I have, I don't know, like one megabit, this is file that I need to send. Uh, if I retried multiple times, that it takes a long time. And then if I can do that faster with a lower latency, uh, that yeah. would improve the yeah. whole experience for yeah. that particular client. Yeah. Yeah. So it's critical, especially for IoT, but at the end of the day, by extension, it will make the experience better for all types of clients, yeah. not just IoT. Yeah, yeah,
1: okay, okay. So t- it, it, let's, let's get back to some of the, some of the, the features that, what, in terms of max data rate, um, what, what will, what what do you think will be supported I mean obviously the standard's going to have something that it's going to publish um, w- what will probably come out out of the gate so w- with data rates I
2: think on one hand you will have the stickers in like the best buys and the fries of yeah. the world <laughs> where you buy uh, a consumer wireless router where you'll I think I even s- seen one with like five gabits per second or ten or whatever the number is yeah. and on one hand that's uh, actually true in terms of data rate. You can have multiple clients connected to the access point or the wireless router, and if you sum them up, you'll get to that number. Throughput will be a fraction of that. Mm -hmm. So there is overhead between the data rate and the actual throughput for individual clients. 11x improves that um, overhead, as in it reduces that overhead. There are a couple of features there that will help with uh, the network efficiencies, practically. You may be able to have clients that will connect up to one gigabit per second data rate, so the throughput may be seven, 800 megs for one single client. The other thing that will be important, with 11AX, we do expect to see access points with a newer RF design at eight by eight, eight transceivers to um, transmit and receive with eight spatial streams. So, in theory, you can have multiple clients connected simultaneously. So, if you do the math, you can actually get to two, three, potentially even four Gbps per second if you combine the two radios of the access point, okay. both radios con- sending or receiving data simultaneously to or from multiple clients. Yeah. So, okay. to one single client, you may have throughput north of 500, maybe seven, eight hundred if you have ideal conditions. Multiple clients concurrently to one single access point, it may go into two, three, four gigabits per second. Again, with ideal conditions on the
1: RF side. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Let's let's talk in terms of um, in terms of range. Uh, you know, in t- coverage range. Is there going to be an improvement there? There
2: are some improvements there, um, but the range is typically uh, misunderstood. A lot of times, we get these questions with a newer standard. Can I use one single access point to cover my entire house or the entire building or the entire floor if you talk yeah. to an enterprise customer? And it's typically counterintuitive. Actually, what's more critical nowadays is capacity, as in number of devices and what kind of data needs or throughput needs they have. And the usual answer is actually, you need to increase the number of access points, not to decrease it. Yeah. Now, 11X has a few f- features there to improve. Rate versus range. What do I mean by that? So I mentioned earlier that introduced a new modulation, ten twenty four. Basically, you can have MCS ten, MCS eleven at short ranges, but still high data rates, yeah. and higher MCS, it can be achieved. So higher data rates, higher throughput, they can be achieved at slowly, um, I say, wider areas. So while the network coverage for a typical access point may not necessarily change, that's bound by what's the maximum power allowed by the regulatory agency in that country, but you may have higher data rates and by extension higher throughput for larger areas. So that will make the experience better for a typical client where say is, I don't know, 15, 30 feet away from the AP, or I don't know, 10, 12 meters, if you're talking in meters, with 11ac, that data rate may have been, I don't know, MCS five six or whatever it was there. With 11x, that will be slightly improved, hence the throughput will be improved as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's talk in terms of um, backwards compatibility uh, with 11ac and you know all the other all the other previous uh, Wi-Fi standards. So th- that's the beauty of Wi-Fi it has
2: to be backwards compatible by definition. So the standard is written in such a way so that we ensure backwards compatibility both on the access point and also on the client side. So whenever a new access point comes out, it has to support clients uh, working or compatible with prior standards. So when we'll have the first, let's say, 11X clients, they will work just fine with 11AC Wave 2 or Wave 1 or 11N access point vice versa is also true. When you have the first 11X access points, yes, they will work best with 11X clients, meaning delivering the best experience, but they will also work very well with 11AC clients, 11N, even going back to 11B. Now, that said, we still recommend for all of our customers to reduce or ideally eliminate 11B clients, because they will kind of drag everything down But if you still have some of those, they will connect just yeah. fine with the 11AX Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Um, in terms of uh, in terms of the ability to use the 11AX outdoors, is is there any restrictions? I'm assuming this can just you can work this outdoors. It or? will work actually a
2: little bit better. So I'm I talked earlier about rate versus range. The typical scenario with outdoor is not capacity or density or throughput. We don't expect a lot of people to stream Netflix 4K outdoors, as in one, on their phones. Yeah. Um, the typical scenario with outdoor is to provide coverage. Uh, there may be devices connected to an outdoor access point, and by those devices, maybe some, you know, mining or oil and gas type of devices, or some workers actually having their phones connected. They can um, either call back or have some sort of specific apps on their phones. So the rate versus range is important. How um, much data or how many clients can I support in this area covered by one outdoor access point? If you think about it indoors, it's slightly easier to deploy access points. You need to drop a cable there that provides data and power. Outdoors, the same scenario is significantly more difficult. How do you have a cable drop on some light pole that is, I know, 700 meters away, uh, so that tends to be more difficult. And when 11x is going to improve um, the rate versus range, then that's going to be probably even more critical for outdoor. Yeah. The reliability part also comes into play as well. Whenever people are talking about outdoor Wi-Fi, a lot of times those networks tend to be very critical. I mentioned mining and oil and gas. In those situations, if the wireless network doesn't work for whatever reason, then the whole production or whatever that activity is will stop. So yeah. the network needs to be working pretty much all the time, uh, so that the whole uh, operation continues.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But also in those industries, and for example, if you report for Rotterdam, uh, all those containers coming in, they're becoming smart containers. Uh, so that's, that's where you right. get the throughput and the number of devices. For which you can use the DMA, is where EX is really getting its failure.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this is all really exciting. Um, let, let, actually, one one last question: um, in terms of uh, power over Ethernet, what do you uh, what do you see? What do you think will be needed for 11AX uh, uh, access points? Great question. So, we talked quite a
2: bit about speeds and feeds, and I mentioned like hundreds of meg's or gigs per second, and because of that, we're seeing, even today with c Wave 2, but more so in the future, these access points are significant, um, they, or they carry significant horsepower in terms of CPU and memory to be able to kind of compute and push that traffic. And we expect some of these access points to have quad-core CPUs, gigs of memory there, both on RAM and Flash. And unfortunately, all of that, they do require power. Um, I mentioned earlier that we expect a significant jump in the RF design, we will see access points with eight antennas, um, and some of them may have significantly more. And all those, again, they require power. Now, I'm talking about Cisco now, right now, I cannot speak about other vendors here, but what we're planning is all of our future access points if you have the access point to be fully functional with PoE plus or 800 380 power level. So if you have PoE plus in your network, or if you have UPoE, even better, but even with PoE plus, the AP will be fully functional with everything turned on. The other note here to make, kind of related to power, is what kind of access switch ports should I be thinking about? Um, you know, fast ethernet? No, I talked about gigs here. Gigi will be fine, maybe, but you're kind of stretching, or you may introduce a bottleneck. And we currently recommend M to be considered for basically all future deployments, especially when we talk about 11ax.
1: Yeah. One one last question before we wrap up is, uh, what, what why why is Cisco the best vendor for .dot 11ax? Sure. So
2: we've been heavily investing in RF, both hardware and software, for a number of years now. If you look at some of our, um, let's say, recent uh, features that are heavily leveraging um, hardware that is designed for that role. Cleaner is a good example that was reduced some years ago. Recently, flexible radio architecture, where one radio can serve clients or either 2.4 gigahertz or 5 gigahertz, or can monitor uh, the RF spectrum and provide information back. Those are specific investments done by Cisco, both in hardware and software. We will continue this forward with newer RF innovations, also on the hardware side, so when the time comes, we'll be sharing a little bit more details. But we're carrying clean air, flexible radio assignment, hyper-locations, another good example here, basically to the next level. So improving the hardware, we're not just gonna follow reference design from the chipset vendors, we're gonna introduce our secret sauce on both, in both places, hardware and software, to make the best access point possible.
1: Okay, excellent. Excellent.
0: That's what I tell my customers. Cisco has the continuous uh, evolution of devices, the software, the hardware. Correct. So they're always, yeah, you know what you got, and you always get support for it. So. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right, gentlemen. Any further thoughts before we wrap it up? Future exciting. I'm. I can hardly wait to talk about yeah. uh, newer things yeah. as as we move along. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too.
0: It's great to see where it's going. So. Yes.
1: Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you guys very much for uh, joining this podcast. Uh, one last uh, note for the listeners, a uh, couple of things. Uh, we just published uh, a technical white paper called The Sixth Generation of Wi-Fi 802.11ax, and you can find that on cisco.com slash go slash wireless, and we also have a blog that points to that as well, and that's on blogs.cisco.com slash wireless as well. So thank you, gentlemen. Thank and, you. Uh, stay tuned for some more information down the road on 11 ax Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look at that. 31, 31 minutes, perfect. <laughs>
0: I hope I had some value. But oh, yeah, no, no, you did perfect. You did yeah. perfect,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that worked out great. Yeah. I think that worked out but great. It was conversational. It didn't sound scripted. You know. Yeah. Um.
0: This has been a special edition of Cisco Champion Radio Season 5. I want to thank all of you for joining us today. Look for this episode and other episodes on blogs.cisco.com perspectives.